Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Lead Her Ship podcast. I'm Brittany Howard, a mama of six and top leader of a multi-million dollar team, and I love to talk about leadership topics that maximize our impact in our homes, relationships, and in the marketplace as we endeavor to juggle all of our responsibilities well. This podcast is for Christian mamas who either are leaders in network marketing or who aspire to be. I have coached a lot of people to the six-figure level and beyond, and I'm going to share with you here what I share with my team that has helped us build this business with a long-term focus in mind and have very meaningful relationships throughout the journey. We're going to dive into the emotions and thoughts that come with building a business. We're going to deal with relationship dynamics that come with leading a team, especially when your team happens to be your actual friends. We're going to discuss ways to help your team catch the bigger vision with you and how to coach them to success. And we're going to do it all through a biblical lens. Today is for those of you who feel like you're always busy yet kind of scattered and all over the place and not really productive. It is possible to go to bed at night feeling like you have been productive. You know that you have accomplished some things in that day and every day that actually move the needle forward. But activity does not always equal productivity. And so today, I want to help you discern between the two so that you can feel good about where your time and resources are going. So today, we're going to talk about the skill of prioritization. And the first thing that you need to know is that there will never be a shortage of things that you could do with your time. There will never be a shortage of things that you could do with your brain space or your energy or your money or any other resource that you might have. There will never be a shortage of things that you could do with any of your resources. Opportunities are limitless. However, your resources are not limitless. They are finite. The only one who is infinite is God, but we are not God. We are humans, and we do have limits. Now, I do believe in pushing limits and challenging limits and expanding limits, but at the end of the day, no matter how much we push or challenge or expand our limits, we're still going to have limits. And I think that as Christians, it is important for us to keep at the forefront of our minds the purpose of productivity in the first place. The purpose of productivity as Christians is to be faithful stewards of whatever resources, gifts, talents, abilities, strengths, brain space, time, money, energy, Be faithful in all of those resources with what God has given you and steward them well. We want to glorify God in all that we do, including in how we manage our resources. And so we do have to respect the fact that we have limits. There will be things that we have to say no to so that we can say yes to the most important things. We will need rest. And also, we won't do it perfectly. We will make mistakes. We will fail. We will stumble at times. And I'm reminded of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 
in which the master is going away and he entrusts three of his servants with some of his resources. And the response that he gave when he returned from his journey. The first servant, he gave five talents. And when he came back, that servant had turned it into 10. The second servant, he gave two talents. And when he came back, that servant had turned it into four. But the third servant, he gave one talent. And when he came back, the master realized that that servant did not steward his resources well. He basically hid it, did nothing with it, so that it did not prosper. And the master basically told him that he was a wicked and lazy servant. What kept that third servant from being fruitful and from being productive, as we're talking about here, was fear. So it's interesting to me that the master didn't say, you fearful servant, why did you let fear hold you back? He said, you wicked and lazy servant, because the servant allowed fear to stop him from being productive. So I think that that sends a strong message to us as far as us asking ourselves the question, what does the Lord expect me to do with my resources? How can I be productive and fruitful and steward everything that he has given me well. And you really can ask yourself that question about any area of your life. But for the purposes of today's podcast, I do want this to be applicable to your business. So the first thing that you have to have when you are trying to define what would be productive in your business is you have to decide what you actually want to accomplish. You need clarity. So what do you want? You need to know that. You have to be very clear on what you want because if you don't have that clarity, you will be so scattered and all over the place. You will lack focus and you won't know if you're moving the needle forward or not. You will be busy but not productive. So it is really important that you get really clear on what do you actually want. And the next thing you need to know is that there will never be a shortage of things that you could want. And it's also important to note that that is true no matter how much money you have. Because even if you're making a million dollars a year, there will still be things that you want. So I do think that contentedness comes into play here, but don't confuse contentedness with complacency. Content means that I have peace through the journey. Complacent means I don't have any desire to improve or grow. Content looks like I know the Lord has work for me to do, and I'm going to be diligent, but also trust Him through the process. Complacent means that you are not straining forward to what lies ahead or pressing on toward the goal, kind of like Paul describes in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. So there will never be a shortage of things that you could want in your business. There will never be a shortage of goals that you could set or things that you could accomplish or achieve. So you have to decide 
and only you can decide this. What do you want the most? Now, once you have that clarity, then you can determine, how do I get from here to there? I just got back from a mastermind summit in Scottsdale, Arizona, and got to sit under the training of Dr. Henry Cloud for a whole day. And my favorite talk that he did out of that whole day was a talk about how to get from here to there. And he described this process by which anything that gets done, gets done. So I'm going to share that with you here because it was just so helpful to me to have like a roadmap for accomplishing anything that I want to accomplish. It was so belief building to me. It made me think, oh, well, I definitely can see what the journey is going to look like in my mind's eye. And everything that I have experienced up to this point, it's normal. It's just part of the process. And in our industry, you're going to hear all the time, trust the process, do the work, trust the process. But I think Knowing what the process is that you're supposed to be trusting in is just incredibly helpful and belief building. Because if you don't know what the process is or what to expect, oftentimes you can just wonder like, am I even on the right track? Am I even engaging in the right process? So I'm just going to share with you here what I learned from Dr. Henry, Henry Cloud about the process of how to get from here to there. So to get from here to there, first start by defining what there, quote unquote, is for you. So we talked about just getting clarity on what you actually want the most. And once you have defined there, then it's important for you to define here. You start with realizing where you are. A lot of people don't get better because they never realize where they are. So ask yourself, where am I right now currently? What's my current state of things? What's my current circumstance? What's my current situation? What's my current skill set? And just assess, where am I? What obstacles do I currently have? What distractions do I currently have? Where are Where is my support currently? What rank am I currently? What is the state of my team currently? Now, when you are comparing your here to your there, it's important to keep in mind that your there is your vision, which means that it is something that does not currently exist today. And it's something that you are going to have to imagine. So where do you want to be five years from today? Can you envision and imagine that? You have to know what you want your life to look like. You can't get somewhere if you don't even know what it looks like. Any huge accomplishment or success always is accomplished twice. It starts with a vision well before it becomes an actual reality. That is true whether you are a professional athlete making multi-millions a year or a CEO of a $20 billion company or a gold ambassador who aspires to be a diamond. And you need to keep in mind that your vision is going to impact a lot of people. I always get a little choked up when I hear the founder of my company, Tarl Robinson, talk about 
how it all started, how he got the idea for this company, what he envisioned for it, how, why he started it, all of those things, and then to consider that now we are a $500 million company and just how much that one man's vision has impacted my family's life and impacted even the way I can raise my children and the opportunities I can provide for them and the education that my children will receive all because it started inside his mind. Your vision will also impact people and will have greater reach than you will likely know this side of heaven. Okay, the next step in this process is to engage talent. And I don't mean your own talent, although I'm sure that you have plenty of that, but I mean engage outside talent. Another way to say this is to engage input or engage outside energy or intelligence or resources. Henry Cloud gives the example of a person on January 1st who is so committed to those resolutions and highly motivated to just really stick to it this time. And they start out strong, but then three weeks in, they fizzle. Why is that? Because that person is the same person that they were December 31st, right? In order for that person to get to the next level they're going to have to engage some outside energy, some outside intelligence, whether that is a program or a plan or a coach or a trainer. If that person has made multiple attempts in the past to get to the next level in their health or their fitness, and after many failed attempts, um, continues on the same path, setting the same goals, but continuing to not reach those goals, then obviously some outside input is going to be needed. So what does that mean to engage the talent for your business? Well, start by asking yourself, what do I need to get from here to there? What skills am I going to need to master? What will I have to learn? And how am I going to master those skills and learn the things that I need to learn in order to get where I want to go? I can tell you that in network marketing, there are four skills that you must master if you want to climb all the way through the ranks. The first one is you have to learn customer acquisition. You got to learn how to recruit, get new customers. The second one is retention. You have to learn how to help your customers get the desired results and keep them going all on their products. The third one is duplication. You have to learn how to create business builders. And the fourth one is leadership. The business builders that you do have, you have to learn how to lead them to success. I like to call those skills the four pillars because, I mean, if you envision a building with four pillars, you envision a structure that is stable and secure and has strength and longevity. And also, you can imagine what would happen to that building if one of the pillars were missing. So you need all four. And the foundation upon which all four of those pillars sit on is mindset, which we have talked about a whole lot about the last several episodes of this podcast. So who or what is going to help you learn those skills and who is going to help you 
become who you need to be. And you're going to need someone who is further along than you to learn these things from, right? You wouldn't go to a homeless person and ask that person for financial advice, right? So you're definitely going to want to learn from people who are a step ahead of you at least, but you don't necessarily have to learn from having a conversation with that person. You can learn from books. I would say John Maxwell has been one of the biggest mentors in my life, and I've never even met him. You can learn these skills from training videos, training programs. I have engaged in quite a few of these myself. And you're also going to need feedback in order to get to the next level. That is something that you cannot get from a training video or a training program is feedback. And you can get feedback from a lot of places. You can get feedback from your customers who quit their products. You can get feedback from the amount of engagement you're getting on social media. You can get feedback from people. Um, friends, your upline, your sidelines, your downline sometimes will give you feedback. But feedback is definitely a necessary piece of the puzzle here. If you have an upline in your life who is willing and able to give you constructive feedback, I would say count your blessings. And if you don't have that, then it's okay. You, You might have to be willing to pay for it. I have had and done both. I do have an upline who is willing to give me feedback, but I want lots of feedback. And so there have been times where I have sought additional feedback and I have paid plenty of money for it. I'm not saying that you have to pay for feedback in order to move forward. I am saying you have to have feedback in order to move forward, whether you pay for it or whether you don't. Just be willing to accept and grow from any feedback that someone is willing to offer you. And speaking of feedback, I love this quote that I heard from Alex Hermosi the other day. He said that no matter how bad it is, you have to thank people immediately after they give you feedback. Otherwise, you'll stop getting it. That'll preach, right? So if you don't have someone in your life who is willing to give you constructive feedback, and by constructive feedback, I mean tell you honest things that may be hard for you to hear, but are beneficial for you to hear. If you don't have people in your life who are willing to do that for you, ask yourself why. The last time you did receive feedback, how did you respond? Feedback is a gift. And I'm not saying that all feedback is always right or even constructive, but it is worth considering. And if it's true, take the feedback and run with it. Grow from it. If it's not, toss it out and move forward. Also, some talent that you might want to engage is just people the same level that you are, your peers. Um, So just having that community of people who are like pushing one another forward is really important. And I probably could do a whole entire talk on the law of inner circle and how you must be very, very careful about who you are pulling into your community because I think it's important to guard your heart and mind. But man, if you have a community of people who are pushing you forward, that is definitely a gift and will help you level up. 
Okay, so now that you have your vision and you know exactly what talent that you are going to need to engage outside of yourself, then you are ready for the next step in this process, and that is strategy. So this is where you ask yourself the questions, how am I going to win? How am I going to get there? This is the how. What do you actually have to do in order for your vision to come to reality? Now, the flip side of the strategy coin is a plan. Once you have a strategy, then you have to have a plan to execute it. So how often do these activities need to be done? How much of these activities need to be done? When will they get done? And where will they get done? What is the plan? Now, this takes us back to our topic of prioritization. You have to prioritize the activities that will get you there. When you think about that word prioritize, the first part of that word is prior. And the word prior means before, but not necessarily before in terms of before in time. It can also mean before in terms of importance. If you listened to the episodes previously all about the million dollar mindset, then you learned that the number one factor that drives goal achievement is the belief that it can be done. Here's the number two factor. The ability to prioritize the activities that move the needle to that goal. So when you are prioritizing things, that means you're going to get it done before most everything else gets time and energy. Now, keep in mind, as you are developing your strategy and your plan, that there are probably a thousand different ways to win. But what will not work is for you to try to implement a thousand ways to win. You need to focus on the way that you want to win so that you can organize your activities and prioritize them accordingly. Now, once you have your vision solidified, and you have come up with your strategy, you're going to realize really quickly that a whole lot of stuff is not going to fit into your strategy and your plan to get to where you want to go. Henry Cloud says that the biggest strategy word is no. And he also says that no is a complete sentence. Now, in my mind, the word no is not a complete sentence because I would want to add some niceties in there somewhere like, thank you for thinking of me, but I'm going to have to decline at this time something that sounds a little more cordial than just flat out no, but I understand the gist of what he is saying. He's just saying that you can offer the decline without necessarily feeling like you have to offer an explanation. But you will have to learn the skill of being able to say no to the things that are not your priority. And the larger your business grows or the more responsibilities you have, the more important you learning this skill of saying no is going to become. It is a must if you want to reach your goals. If you are a person who adds value to people, which if you're listening to this podcast at this point, I hope that you are because we have talked a lot about how to add value to people. 
But if you do add value to people, there will be an endless request for your attention, for your time, your brain space, your love, and everything in between. But remember, you have human limits. And if it makes you feel any better, Jesus did too. Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully man. And even though he healed thousands of people, there were thousands more that he didn't. Yet still, at the end of every single day, he still had accomplished everything that day that his father wanted him to. Saying no to people that you care deeply about, or that you care a whole lot about their opinion, at least, it is going to be challenging, and it's going to feel very uncomfortable at first. If you have codependent-type tendencies, then you might feel like you putting a boundary in place is going to make others feel like you don't care about them. You will greatly wonder what people think of your boundaries to the point where it can cause you to question your own motives. But this is where you refer back to your vision and also remember that you have limits and you won't be able to do it all. You won't be able to please every person. You will not be able to oblige every request. And that has nothing to do with your love and care for people and everything to do with what your priorities are in accordance with what you believe the Lord would have you to do. Here's a quote I love from Stephen Lawson. If you displease God, it doesn't matter who you please. But if you please God, it doesn't matter who you displease. Okay, so you're going to have to prioritize the activities that will get you there, which means you're going to have to say no to the things that won't. And you can go ahead and expect that to be very uncomfortable. Sometimes it might not be saying no to a person. Sometimes it's saying no to an opportunity. Sometimes it's saying no to an opportunity that looks like it's going to get you to your exact goal. But like I said earlier, there are a thousand ways to win, but you're not going to win with a thousand ways, trying to focus on a thousand things. That's just not going to be effective. Sometimes you have to say no to the shiny things. Sometimes you have to say no to feeling how you want to feel. Because there could be certain things that make you feel like you're successful or feel like you're important or feel like you're doing a good job. And it's so tempting to be distracted by those things that make us feel the way we want to feel, but they're not actually going to move the needle forward. Doesn't mean that those things are not beneficial, but Sometimes you have to say no to the good so that you can say yes to the best. And it's always this dance of asking yourself, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? And if the answer to that is you have to say no to something that you said you wanted to prioritize because that is the thing that's going to move the needle forward, then that's a clear sign that you should not do that. And that does not mean that you have to say no to everything. It just means that you say no to things that are going to keep you 
from keeping your main thing the main thing. And just some realistic expectations for you. Your main thing is likely going to be something that gets you out of your comfort zone. If it's not something that makes you feel uncomfortable or a little fearful, you're, it's probably not the thing that's going to help you grow. But the natural thing for people to want to do when they feel uncomfortable is to want to avoid Did you know that 90% of distractions are actually internal and allowed? We generally like to think that distractions come from outside of us, and that can be the case, but it's actually usually only about 10%. So an external distraction would be like, I'm sitting at my desk trying to work and my kid comes in crying. An internal distraction is... I know I should be reaching out to people and sharing my opportunity or my products right now, but it's way more fun to just shoot the breeze with my team or catch up on all of my chats or scroll social media. Or if leading your team feels very uncomfortable to you, then you may be tempted to allow yourself to be distracted from that by surrounding yourself with people who make you feel comfortable. Okay, so we've talked about a lot this week covering this process of getting from here to there. We have talked about your vision and we've defined what here is and what there is. And we've talked about engaging outside talent that's going to get you to the next level. And we have talked about strategy. Next week, we are going to continue this discussion on the process of getting from here to there. And we're going to cover what to do when your strategy doesn't go as planned, and the other two steps in the process that most people miss, keeping them frustrated and feeling stuck. See you next week. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Be sure to check out my website, BrittanyHoward.com, for more content on the blog. And if this was at all valuable to you today, could you do me a favor and share it? Don't forget to tag me. Talk to you soon.